0: Be part of the debate on the fate of the state. Make it count on the date. Make sure you got it straight. Get the latest update on matters of state from matters of state. Because
1: you're staying state battle.
2: Well, I guess it's the last time we'll hear that fabulous tune from James Valentine. Thank God! Hello and welcome to Matters of State, a podcast about the New South Wales state election. I'm Wendy Harmer. And I'm Richard Glover. And if you've been following the podcast, you'll be aware that in previous episodes, (laughs) we've been investigating issues like cost of living pressures, uh, the environment, development, to give you a sense of what the parties are offering if they form government.
0: So I wonder if you've decided on who you're going to vote for yet. We took to the streets of Sydney to find out what some people are saying. I have made the decision about my first preference, but not the rest. I kind of have the idea. In our country at the moment, we really need to boost up the economy. Who will probably do a better job next few years in these regards?
3: I've made up my mind, and I, I'm supporting the government. I think they've done an excellent job in upgrading the infrastructure in the state, which has been neglected for such a long time. We've got to have a
2: more independent representations in our government. There's never any just one thing. No, no, no. It's a, it's a combination of a lot of things. I'm still new, relatively new, so I haven't really developed my own opinion over the politics here in Australia, but I think, uh, yeah, I will one day. I just think, from a Liberal point of view, is that uh, I think the city is such a mess and it looks terrible, it's overdue and very expensive, and I think they've messed our beautiful city up.
4: Who is the Premier of New South Wales? Gladys Berejiklian. Uh, Gladys Berejiklian?
0: Gladys Berejiklian.
4: To be honest, I'm not too sure. <laughs> but obviously I the
0: who the PM is.
2: <laughs> oh, yes, I know who the Premier is. I'm not, I don't think I could pronounce her name very well, but I do know who she is.
0: And the opposition leader? Michael Daly. No, I didn't really look at a smaller
4: things like that.
2: Yes, Daly, yes.
4: Yeah. Is it Daly? I'm, I'm not too sure. Yeah, My, I can't remember his first name. I just remember his last name.
2: I'm, I'm always surprised when people arrive to vote and they say, I don't know who I'm voting for. And I'm thinking, where have you been? What have you been doing? Pay attention.
0: <laughs> Pay attention. Well, with the election drawing ever so close, the ABC's state political reporter, Bridget Glanville, is here. So I hope we're all paying attention. It's been an amazing 24 hours, hasn't it?
1: It's been really the last couple of weeks, I think, have been like that. Remember, I think I remember sitting here with both of you on one of the first podcasts and you know, I was all a bit boring. And then now it it became interesting when Michael Daly went on Alan Jones and told him he was going to sack him and the board. That's when things turned and uh, that's when we really saw the differences in the campaigns, where they were heading and I think Michael Daly... Won. He won that week and the week after, but Gladys Berejiklian certainly won this week.
2: How do you uh, assess the performance on those campaigns, Bridget? The um, the strategy, let's put it that way.
1: Um, I think the strategy, and I should say, and this is talking to a lot of people within the Liberal Party um, and Labor, but the, the, the campaign strategy of the Liberals has been pretty poor. Uh, there hasn't really been a strategy. Their strategy has been a different announcement every day and when it's not a different announcement, it's been attack, attack, attack. And they've been able to do that quite successfully and partly because of things like Michael Daly, that video that was released and that was on him and he did make those comments. Um, he's an unknown, much more of an unknown entity, so he's easier to attack because things haven't been around and mentioned before.
0: Gladys Berejiklian's line that she keeps on repeating is is some version of New South Wales can have it all, that you can have the hospitals and the schools yes. uh, and the schools
1: And, yeah, the and, and that's what but they told women done.
2: back in the 90s, and look how that turned <laughs> out. <laughs>
1: yes, I won't talk to you about my week. No,
2: <laughs> You did talk about that video, Bridget, and for those who may have missed it, uh, perhaps we should go back and read cap these comments by Labor leader Michael Daly. He made them last year in the Blue Mountains where he said that Asians were moving in and taking jobs. Here he is at a press conference kind of apologising if you could call it that.
3: Let me just say, in making these points I could have expressed myself better. I could have chosen uh, better words. There's no doubt about that. Um, No offence was meant and I hope none has been taken. But... uh, Whilst whilst all of that is clear and the intentions of my comments were clear, I just want to say that housing affordability in Sydney is a massive issue for all of us. And what I want to do if I become the Premier is govern for everyone in Sydney, regardless of where you come from, what your background is, or how long you've been in Sydney.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry if someone took offence. You know, that wasn't good enough. He later on uh, doubled down and, and apologised with a bit more vigour. But the, it was hard to understand what he
1: was trying to say. Well, to me it was one of those lines too. I'm not racist, but it was racist. He said that Asian foreigners, typically Asians, are moving in and taking our jobs, mm. uh, referring to white Australians. So I think it's, it was definitely... A, Poor choice of words as he said it. It was racist. He did apologise. And rightly so, I think he's been punished for that, whether or not he loses seats um, that they already hold because of it.
0: They're obviously worried about it. They spent all this, Labor spent all this money putting a picture of uh, a big ad for for Daly in all the Chinese newspapers. Mm.
1: Yes, and that's right. And it is offensive and it is uh, racist. And it's definitely knocked Daly because. He had the momentum and these sorts of things when they come out, it's more about that it does knock the momentum. Well,
2: I wonder how many of us have made up our minds... I mean, uh, are are people still watching issues right down to the wire all the twists and turns and developments? You'll know the government stadium's policy is still front and centre in the news this week. A secret report uncovered by the Sydney Morning Herald claims that the Sydney football stadium could have been upgraded for as little as $18 million.
0: Yeah, the government, of course, says the upgrade would have cost something like $700 million, so they might as well knock down and rebuild for not that much more. Well, I asked, of course, the Premier to talk about stadiums when she was on the Drive program on Tuesday, and yep, she defended the demolition of the building.
4: I'm someone who deals with the facts, and when I get a report that says to me, Premier, you need to spend either 341 making this safe, a Band-Aid, or you need to spend 700 doing a... And this was post all those previous decisions. So when I, I came remember. to the issue... When I became Premier, Richard, let me, let me make this point. When I became Premier, I said, let's take a fresh look at this. Out of all the stadiums we have, what should our priority be? What is in the best interest of the public? And, and Richard, I appreciate many people have sentiments and feelings about this, but when you are the Premier of the state, first and foremost, and I've, and this weighs heavily on me, This weighs heavily on me. When you're given independent advice to say something is getting to the end of its use-by date, you've got to do something to fix it.
0: Okay, I mean, the problem, Bridge, is that some people have this narrative about it um, that goes like this, and I put this to the Premier as well, that, that Mike Baird looked at this when he was Premier, said it doesn't add up. So decided not to go ahead with it. He got monstered by Alan Jones for that. He then uh, gets out of politics. Gladys Berejiklian takes over and Jones is again starting to monster her, saying she's quite a nice woman but she's not up to the job Suddenly, at that point, you get a change of policy. So p- there is this view, whether it's accurate or not, that the Premier's doing this to to basically placate one man.
1: Yes, and I think what she's saying there are some of the things they're talking about. It's interesting in if you actually look at the two different policies... So, the government wants to spend 700 million. Michael Daly's been saying about 300 million. It's actually the difference of about 350 million. Michael Daly's talking about this $2 billion schools and stadiums before hospitals, that slogan. But that's the difference between the two campaigns. Michael Daly's been very successful at pushing that stadiums and the waste. And Gladys Berejiklian and the government have been have done a very poor job in mm-hmm. selling the message well, actually, there's only about $300 million difference. This guy's on a one track, single issue. And that's the face failure of them in this campaign, that's what they should have been doing for the last four but, weeks.
2: are um, bringing in the cranes and getting stuck into the building and ripping it down in front of people's eyes it just a few gave, that a just few gave my kick. Yeah, sure did. It just it gave just them a free looks kick. Arrogant. It
1: arrogant. And that's where that goes back to the messaging of Labor during this campaign. The government's arrogant, it's entitled. And it's been a message that Labor's been uh, using for eight years because... When this government did come in, and and maybe that if there is a sense of arrogance or entitlement there, it also probably comes from the fact that when Barry O'Farrell got in, they got in on such a landslide. It was so big. It was the biggest, you know, election Mm -hmm. um, Mm. in history. On the the
0: back of all that Labor corruption. Yeah, so
1: I think there is this sense sometimes of, well, you should vote for us. We're good because they're so bad referring to Labor. You know, mm. how could anyone conceive of voting for Labor? Look what they did to this state, mm-hmm. which is true. But, you know, people's memories are pretty short. Right. And eight years ago is a long time now. And, 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 and
0: arguably Labor has got rid of the really bad apples of OB and etc.
1: And
2: if you have got a big, brand-new, shiny development right in your face where next door, your next-door neighbours used to be, that has a kind of a way of changing your
1: perspective. I think it's also interesting, like this is a sort of election Gladys Berejiklian should not be in this position. This is she shouldn't be losing this election.
0: Okay, one, one thing we do expect uh, of our politicians is the ability to add up and the ability to know their numbers. I noticed in the television debate uh, last night, one of the centrepiece policies of, of Labor is this education policy, but Michael Daly didn't seem to know the figures.
1: Yes, he stumbled over, particularly they were talking about TAFE and what they were going to spend on TAFE, and he said it's $3 billion, and he sort of paused the premier jumped in because she knows absolutely everything about every policy, and he didn't. And then David Spears jumped in, and and he really lost it and it looked terrible because he could tell he was then confused. But interestingly, I also have to say about the debate that he didn't know that, but Gladys Berejiklian also didn't know where the toll was on the M mm-hmm. four. And which is about issue.
0: five billion Sydney Sydney-siders travel on every day. <laughs> That's yeah. right.
1: That's so, right, and <laughs> and also she was uh, in terms of the the level of Gonski funding and let's not you know put everyone to sleep about her, the percentages of what state and federal governments pay of education, but she was wrong on that figure as well. So there's you know so, uh, I think uh, it was a fair cop to both of them. Uh,
2: pressure, just under pressure at the end of a long hard slog. Can we put it down to that, or is it something more fundamental? Do you think?
1: I think Michael Daly has been accused of being light on detail, and he's probably not across things as much as he should be. But then on the other hand, he's only been there for 14 weeks. Gladys Berejiklian has been there for eight years. Michael Daly and Gladys Berejiklian, neither of them, you know, you can't accuse either of them of slacking off in this mm-hmm. campaign. And certainly Michael Daly hasn't, he's stepped up since he came in. He hasn't, I don't think he's taken a day off since he obviously okay. started. And Gladys Berejiklian, you could probably count the number of days she's taken off in eight years.
0: Yeah, well, but, And yet uh, she's been there for a long time, but this is her first campaign, isn't it? That's
1: yeah, right, yeah, that's right. If she's elected, she'll be the first female Premier to be elected at a um, at an election, you know, because yeah, yep, yep. obviously Christina Keneally was the first Premier, but she didn't go, didn't yep. win an election.
2: Right, well, perhaps one of the issues that is getting a bit of traction is Labor's how-to-vote cards, which have the Shooters, Farmers and Fishers there in the boxes. Here is the Premier on Drive this week.
4: When you rely on the preferences of a party to get you elected, you owe them. I remember when the first Shooters uh, person was elected to the lower house, the member for Orange... The Labor Party boasted that it was because of their preferences. They boasted because of their preferences. They are legitimising what is a fringe party.
2: Of course, Bridget, uh, there are those who have been watching Parliament fairly closely that says, well, the government has done
1: a few deals with the shooters, Mm. fishers and farmers in the past. And, you know, the shooters got elected in orange because of the government's decision to ban greyhounds. That's actually why the shooters got elected in Orange, but this this didn't play that well for the government. They sort of they tried hard on a day, but no one seemed to really buy it. And also from feedback that I've been told from focus groups from Labor and the Nationals, it's just it's inside the Beltway stuff. So there's this big argument that the Labor were um, in two seats in Barwon and the Upper Hunter. They were telling people on their how to vote cards to put Shooters second, mm. so to preference them above. Uh, the Liberals or Nationals and the Liberals and Nationals are saying this is outrageous because the Shooters' Party want to allow 10-year-olds to have guns, which isn't true um, and they want to do this and want to do that. And all of us covering state politics just said we have sat there through debate after debate after debate listening to um, Troy Grant, the former leader of the Nationals, argue the only police minister in the country that argued to lessen loosen the laws on the Adler shotgun. Um, to allow hunting in national parks, to allow duck shooting. So the government's argument is, oh, but that's not the same as getting them elected to the lower house. And to the average punter, a deal's a deal, isn't Mm. it? Michael Daly responded on the breakfast program earlier this week.
3: There will be no relaxation of New South Wales gun laws at all. And I'll reiterate what I said yesterday. It can only happen, if that's the case, if the Labor Party refuses, refuses under my leadership, to amend the gun laws in New South Wales, then the only way that can happen is if the Shooters, the Liberals and the Nationals team up to get that done. Mm -hmm. And if that happens, I will resign from Parliament. I will not be a part of a Parliament that mm -hmm. sees the relaxation of gun laws.
2: There we go. That was me trying to interrupt there in that little grab. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite hard, isn't it, Richard? It is quite hard. We uh, did have... uh, Mr Shoebridge on this morning from the Greens uh, answering a question and is a fantastic tactic, I've got to say. So you say, what about the disunity in the Greens, uh, Mr Shoebridge? Mm-hmm. And he says,
0: well, I'll tell you about our
2: policy on power. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I said on a minute. We just saw what you did there. Could yeah. you go back and answer that question, Don't answer please? the question
0: you were asked. Ask the question you wish Wendy had yes, asked. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's a great answer, but not
2: actually to the question that
0: I asked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we come down to this, Bridget, the end of this campaign? You know, this incredible detail about these tiny rebates and cashbacks mm-hmm. and, and vouchers for school kids and a blizzard of policies on both sides. Mm-hmm. But does it come down to this, that there's a really terrible video that really hurts Labor, the, the racist video, on the other side, there is the nightly um, scene on the evening news of the bulldozers and the wrecking balls knocking down what. Many people think is a perfectly decent stadium. So we've got these two things that are so vivid they almost wipe all the the, the detail mm, are you out. You're
2: talking of... the, about the optics. Richard? Well, I, ju- I just think that, that <laughs> yeah, those yeah. those things
0: mm. are so easy to understand, yeah, so easy to concentrate right. on that I wonder if those two things—one favoring one side, one favoring the mm. other—will end up determining this election.
1: Yes, and maybe it will. The other thing I think we also forget is that you know people's lives are so busy. I do wonder how we're all consumed with this and, you know, that the the video that was around for a day and a half, how many people see it, you know, because people consume their news so differently as well. You know, we know.
2: Yes, we sure do. uh, Uh, For instance, for instance. Every
1: election's different.
2: For instance, if you go to the lockout laws and we talk about our young voters, the recognition of that issue is extraordinarily high. You were on Triple J, I believe, recently, Bridget, with the Young Folk. Yeah, I'm very, very cool. Very hip. Um, were you hip I, to it?
1: Uh, no, I just sounded, and just then I sounded like I was 150. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you, um, but, but what was Well, the, what interestingly, were they so I was on Hack. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, one of the programs on there that's talk based. Yes. And Tom Tilley, the host, was saying that they don't normally get involved much in state elections, mm. but this election in particular, New South Wales, there were audiences red hot for. And Avani Dias, one of the reporters, she did a story saying that the Electoral Commission saying this is the largest, they've seen the largest increase in young people enrolling, enrolling to vote. Um, but that, that comes off the back is, of the same-sex marriage yep. debate, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, no, and I think since then, like and so I think for this well, election, yeah. okay. yes, like so they've enrolled to vote in this state okay. election. Um, and that obviously comes off the back of lockouts, pill testing, you know, what's Mm. happened to live music scene. But environment, you know, we know that environment now, polling has shown from different Mm. various parties, it's a top issue at a state election. Four years ago, environment wasn't one of the big issues in this election. Look at the climate change rallies, how many kids went to that.
0: And it it does sound like that's going to be the the, uh, issue that determines a lot of seats like Barwon in the West because there's suddenly fresh concern and the shooters and fishers are really, you know, a Mm. big challenge to the government. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's interesting as one of the podcasts that I did, you know, we've got Environment Determining, Barwon in the West and Coogee in the yeah, East, two totally different seats. But
2: right. Wow. Well, we have got ourselves a tussle, haven't we? It's, it's going to be fascinating. It's
1: going to be interesting on Saturday night. Everyone will be listening to Richard and Wendy or watching the television with, with myself Bridget. and Juanita. And Michael Rowland.
2: Yeah, that's right. It's um, it's it's actually probably much better to listen
0: to it on the radio. Well, then you can form you can, a picture in that's your own right. mind, right.
2: and you can do other things at
0: the same time. We radio people, Bridge, think that radio has the best pictures. You know that.
1: Well, you could also sit on the deck and have a glass <laughs> of wine. Even if you can't see the television, you can also right. listen. Well, to let's
0: it. let people make their own I vote think on Saturday: not. radio or television. <laughs> you be the decider. Thanks to Bridget Glanville, a political reporter with ABC News, and host of Campaign Trail. That's it for Matters of State. Uh, As we were saying, join us this Saturday on election night from 6pm, live on ABC News Radio across the country, ABC Local across New South Wales. And if you really can't form your own pictures in your own mind, then, yeah, why not watch ABC Mm -hmm. TV with Bridget?
2: Yes, good luck to all who sail in her. Thanks, Wendy. Bye. Bye. (laughs)
1: Be part of the debate on the fate of the state Make it count on
0: the date Make sure you got it straight Get the latest update on matters of state From matters of state Cause you're state battle.